I thought, wow, well, that could happen for me too. Like, I will start just interviewing people. All these people will listen. And then these sponsors will say, wow, you have all these women listening. Can I sponsor you? And Harry, that is not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast Junkies, episode 142. There's a saying about the best laid plans. I don't know the rest of it, but essentially it's you have an idea of something you want to get done on a certain time frame and uh, you plan for it accordingly. So in my case, it's the fact that I was going to be on the road and and super busy over the past um, week, week and a half. And I thought that I was going to make it work in terms of getting this uh, intro and outro recorded. And I thought I was going to make it work. Uh, as far as getting this uh, episode out the door, and I like to get this uh, intro and outro recorded and give you a bit of context into the interviews, because I always think that's a good thing. I know that's not uh, something that everyone always does with regards to their podcast, but it's something for me, I I think for me, the reason that I like it is because it gives me a, a way to reflect back on the week. And a lot has happened. I've I just came back working in uh, the closest event that just happened was I was at a um, Hera Venture Summit in San Diego. It was all female investors, uh, angel investors and entrepreneurs. It was incredibly, incredibly inspiring. I was definitely the minority there. And shout out to Sylvia Ma, who's actually my, my podcasting client. And she invited me to speak on a panel there. Uh, and so it was just great uh, just to see all these women kicking butt and to really shine a spotlight on all these uh, entrepreneurial ventures and these industries that men for whatever men investors for one reason or another uh, either think it's something that they shouldn't be interested in or it's something that makes them squirm uh, because some of these some of these um, technologies and some of these interesting uh, companies that women were starting had to do with things like breast pumps and things like you know, uh, um, topics that make men squirm. Um, and I think that's something where they're, they're, there's an opportunity there and they're missing it because they're not uh, focusing on that because it's not something that they can relate to. So a lot more I can say about that, but I, I just thought it was incredibly inspiring and it's a nice for me to get out of my comfort zone. So I did that. And then uh, before that, I was uh, at MapCon. I've talked a little bit about that. I had a great time with... Uh, Joe Pardo, and then I went to a one-day training with my friend Michael Griffiths about uh, the importance of referral networks. So really a lot <laughs> on my plate, uh, but what I'm really excited about is the fact that I have some interviews lined up. I've got four planned uh, just this week, so it's going to be crazy. Uh, so I'm going to get back on track. Some really interesting folks I'm going to be speaking to that I've met at Podcast Movement, that I met at uh, MapCon. And so uh, I have no shortage of guests and no shortage of amazing podcasters I'm going to bring your way. Sort of like uh, the one with Jay Connor. A lot of good feedback uh, about my interview with Jay, host of The Extraordinary Negroes. Shout out to him for coming on and uh, just telling it like it is. <laughs> it's definitely not family friendly, but we, we had a lot of, uh, we touched on a lot of interesting topics and I think uh, there's, there were some more that I wanted to dig into, but it's funny how an hour, how fast an hour goes by when you're having fun. And this week is no different. 
We speak to, I speak to Natalie Ekdahl, host of the Biz Chicks podcast. Natalie and I have known each other for a couple of years now. We run in the same circles and we keep seeing each other at the podcasting conferences. And every, every time I see her, I would say, hey, Natalie, don't forget you've been invited onto the show. And she's like, yeah, I, I know, but I'm not ready yet. Or, or for, whatever, for whatever reason, we just decided it wasn't the right time. And the way things work out, sort of like with, with Dan Franks, because Dan is someone I had, had been wanting to have on the show for a while, um, everything in its right time. And I'm really excited about the conversation I'm having with Natalie uh, in this episode, she started podcasting way back in January of 2014, so even before me, and she's a business coach and strategist. She holds, hosts uh, masterminds, and she's just an inspiration for uh, women who are looking to get their business off the ground. We talk about waiting for the right time to come on the show and you know, thinking about how you want to design your podcast, You know, putting some real thought into that. We mention the Facebook group that she's using to connect her community to her podcast. She loves featuring her kids on her podcast, so we talk a little bit, little bit about that. Um, and I ask her if, um, if she thinks they're going to have their own show one day, so you, you'll listen out for her answer on that. Um, there's this trend of TV shows turning into podcasts, which we talked about, and also this idea of creating memories and leaving a legacy through your podcast. So really interesting conversation with Natalie, so let's get into that. Um, don't forget that our sponsor is Podbean. So many good things happening with Podbean. Um, head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies. They do such a fantastic job of getting you set up with um, your your podcast. They've been really nice to feature me. So this week, as as you hear this, Podcast Junkies is being featured on their uh, banner. So uh, I know they do a lot of special things for folks that host with them. And obviously, since uh, they're a host of this show, I've got a great partnership with them. So I'm really eternally grateful for the entire team there that I've gotten to meet, uh, Shannon, uh, Jennifer and Vernon, who I've known for a long time, and it's just quality folks delivering a quality product. So don't forget, they have options that start as low as $9 for unlimited hosting. And especially if you're uh, connected to or you know someone in corporate America who's looking to start a podcast, their enterprise plans are are awesome as well. So make sure you look into that. Make sure you stay till the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. It's my way of seeing who is paying attention. So for now, let's jump into my conversation with Natalie. So Natalie Ekdahl of the Biz Chicks podcast, long overdue visit to Podcast Junkies. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm thrilled to be here, Harry. It has been a long time and I am so excited for this. Yeah, I think uh, we kept running into each other. It's funny about conferences because you can't avoid like your your regular friends your regular podcasting friends because you're just especially with small ones you're just bound to like run them into them in the hallway <laughs> and, then, and then i know in the beginning i'm like oh you got to come on and then i'm like oh no you really you got to come on and then at some point you're just like uh yeah i'll come on and so <laughs> to the extent that you can talk about it um i'm wondering if there's anything like you can chat about, you know, as, as you know, because we're other podcasters are listening. So they're always wondering about like right time and right place. And so I'm wondering what was going through your head as you were thinking about what, what would be a good time for you to, to come on and, and, and be, you know, 100% present, which, which I know is important for you. Yeah, a lot of it is just busyness, like being busy in my own business and kind of keeping my head down. So 
In fact, I was just going through uh, some emails. I was actually inviting uh, another podcaster onto my show and I went through our email thread and I, I realized she had invited me on her show and I had never responded. And this is like seven or eight months ago. So that's terrible. Uh, so I think part of it's just my own busyness in, in my own business and keeping my head down. But I also, I really want to deliver here, Harry. I love listening to your show. I love, um, I love hearing other people's stories and I actually feel like right now is the best time. Like I'm really excited for us to have this conversation now because I, I feel like in the last year, year and a half, I've learned some things that have really benefited my podcast and my business. And so I'm excited to share those because maybe they will help someone else. So let's start there. That's a good a, a place as any. Um, what are some of the lessons? Is this something you, you, you think you've learned within the past year or is it just something that's been accumulating over time? It's definitely something that has changed for my podcast in the last year and a half, uh, definitely in the last two years. So I started off podcasting in January 2014 with an interview format and interviewing five days a week, which was crazy. It was a crazy schedule. That's and intense. I did that. In, yeah, I did that until I hit 75 episodes and backed off to three. Then I went to two. And after that first year, I moved into the schedule I have now, which is once a week. And I got feedback from women I was masterminding with that I should be showcasing my expertise. And, and one of them was a fan of the show and she had listened since the beginning. And she said, you know, Natalie, I, I love you're interviewing all these people, but we really want to hear from you. You know, you have like this MBA background, you, it sometimes seems like you maybe even know more than your guests. And, and so, you know, I think people want to hear what you have to say, what's your point of view. And I didn't, I had, didn't have my voice at the time. Like I didn't know what to share. I didn't have the point of view that I wanted to share. I guess I was, I had imposter syndrome. Like what was I good enough to be able to put my thoughts out there? So it took a little time to find my voice and I started trying out, uh, you know, first, the fir very first solo episode I did was more of like an audio blog. So I was inspired by Kate Erickson and, uh, she started, uh, podcasting more just like reading her blogs. It was really like a simple format. And so I was like, well, I could do that. I could write a blog post and read it. And then I moved to get more comfortable and more just like creating a script and, and going from that. And, but what really changed things for me, what was the game changer for my business and with other podcasters, I've had the opportunity to work with, they've, they've tried it out in their podcasts as well. And so we've seen success across different uh, industries of podcasting, not just business podcasts, but was showcasing what I do on air. So I'm, I'm a business coach and I, uh, I'm also, I'm a, like a strategist for people and I host paid masterminds for my business. That's how I earn a, earn an, earn an income. And I started doing on air coaching calls. And so I would bring a client on air and we would do what we would do <laughs> off air, but record it and share it with people. And, and they always know that it's not a surprise. It's not like, oh, by the way, I put that session on air that we did. Uh, it's, it's, you know, for the podcast, it's planned. And at first I put it out there to my community just saying, hey, would anyone want to do this? And I didn't know if anyone would want to. And then not only did members of my community want to do it, but my current clients wanted to do it. I didn't think my clients would want to come on air. So that's been really fun. And it's been a game changer. It has, uh, they're, they're shared a lot. Uh, people binge listen to them and my audience tells me it's there. Those are their favorite episodes. Do you remember the first time you received uh, feedback on an episode? On any episode? Yeah. 
the very yes, I I think it was a few months in, like three months in, and someone tweeted me. I'll, I know who, exactly who she is, and she knows she's the first person that tweeted me. Um, Ali Fiesta is her Twitter handle. So that was like, oh my gosh, someone's actually listening. <laughs> like that's not a family member. It's so exciting. I think uh, I actually think as podcasters, we should do this too. Like we should let each other know when we like an episode because we know how it feels to get that feedback. Dave Jackson is really great at doing this. Oh, he, yeah. he actually sent me like a video message recently. I think he does it for so many people. Uh, but he sent me this like video message while he was on a walk telling me about a, one of my episodes that he liked. And I just thought, man, that is such a great example. And uh, you know, even, and we all know that we do show notes. It'd be nice to go comment on a friend's show notes. If you, if you listen to the episode and like it. So yeah, those are unforgettable, right? Those first few communications with listeners. Dave Jackson is great. He did the same thing to me. He loves using, uh, he speak pipe on my site and he said, Hey dude, <laughs> I was on a hike and I just had a pause cause you were just having <laughs> questions. I think it was with Lee Silverstein and he's like, mm-hmm. you kept asking the question that I was asking in my mind. I was hoping you would ask as a follow-up. He was like, man, I hope he digs deep on it. And then boom, I would ask it. And he was like, oh man, that was perfect. And so it, I remember it was a Saturday and I was like, it just made my day. It totally made my week. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like so excited. And like you say, I think we need to do more of that as a as a community to to support ourselves because at times it does feel like a lonely endeavor and we're just like in the basement or in our office and we're recording and we don't know if anyone's listening. So we grasp onto any little bit of feedback that we can get. Yes. And I think, you know, you and I, we've now been podcasting for a number of years. When did you, when did you start podcasting? It was uh, May of 2014. Okay. So just like around the same, around the same time, we are now becoming leaders in this industry, right? Somehow we're leaders uh, because there's all these brand new people coming in and we are ahead of them. And so to even look at those, you know, upcoming people and could we do what, you know, people like Dave are doing for us that were ahead of us. And I think it's important to even realize, oh, wow, like I do have like a leadership place now in this industry because we've stuck around and uh, we've put ourselves out there and we've connected with lots of people. It's I think it's important to to realize that and see how we can give back. So can you talk a little bit about your journey into online? Because you mentioned you were blogging first and it was like that, that your first foray, your first foray where you wanted to take what you had learned and, you know, your MBA and all your skills and put that into something that people could consume on a regular basis? So I'm not a blogger. I actually only write blogs to podcast, <laughs> to podcast about. So if I was to be a, if I had started off blogging, I would no longer be doing it because I am, I know some people are like, I'm a writer first and then a podcaster. No, I am. I'm not a writer first. I, I like the idea of writing. I like the idea of blog posting, but even though it's way more work to create a podcast, for some reason, it's what I'm able to make happen. I just love it so much. So I'm very passionate about it. But how I got started in in podcasting was I had a, another business before this. And as an entrepreneur, I was looking for uh, inspiration and, and ideas and trying to understand the online world because I got my MBA over 20 years ago. And what we learned in marketing and in school is so different now, right? It is like completely different. And, you know, this is going back to like 2010, 2000, you know, 11, 2012. I realized this social media space was going to be so important for any business. And so I found, um, found podcasts. I, the 
one of the first, I think I found podcasts initially through, I actually know it was through Dave Ramsey. I was listening to his radio show and he started doing different things. He went on to iHeartRadio mm-hmm. and he had a little app. And then he said, you could also listen to replays on iTunes. And I was like, okay, well, what's, it's a podcast. What's this? And then I realized, oh, maybe there's other podcasts too I can listen to. So then I found um, Entrepreneur on Fire and through John Lee Dumas, I found all these other business podcasters, which I still listen to. So that was really the gateway to finding out about podcasts. And I, I probably listened to John's like, I don't know, first 300 or 500 episodes. And he then launched Podcasters Paradise and said anybody could learn how to podcast and anyone could do what he was doing. And I was like, hmm. I've always kind of wanted to have a radio show. Like yeah. I wanted to be on the radio. I, I thought that would be so fun, but it seemed so different than the path I was on for, um, you know, for my work that it just seemed, you know, not something that was tangible for me to do. I wasn't going to go work at a radio station. So and I wasn't trained to broadcast. So I thought, well, this is interesting. Like I, and, and my, my husband's very technical, so he's a software developer. And I knew that like I could lean on him if I had technical issues, uh, not that anyone can't figure it out. Anyone can, no matter what your tech abilities are. And, and you can also get support. But I knew I had that in-house, literally. So I was one of the first people to sign up for Podcasters Paradise. And they all he had was a landing page. And there was like 28 people that signed up when it was just this landing page. I'm like, okay, I'll give this guy a few hundred bucks. And it was literally like <laughs> $197 or something. I'll see what happens. And so that began the journey. I think I paid like in... Um, October of 2013, and then launched um, the podcast in January 2014. And that's how it started. It was kind of, I basically, and then, and really the inspiration for the show that I created then was I wanted to hear more women's voices. So there weren't, there's a lot of women entrepreneur podcasts at this point, but three and a half years ago, there really weren't. There was maybe one. And I wanted to hear more women's voices and, and John's a great guy. But at the time, if you looked at his guest list of the first, you know, 500 or a thousand episodes, they're about 80 to 90% male. So, and we, we do that as podcasters, right? We, we tend to, it's, if we're not conscious of it, we're going to yeah. interview people like us cause that's who's in our sphere and people recommend other people like them. And so that's kind of what happens. So um, I wanted to hear from more women and I wanted to hear from women that were balancing uh, business and family because that's what I'm doing. And so I created what I wanted to hear, which I think many of us do. And that was how it all started. I didn't know. I, I felt like there was a business that could come out of it, but I didn't know what the business was at the time. I just wanted to try this thing. And I also thought that John's model would work for me. So he started off, he got huge listenership immediately, and then he got sponsorship. So I, I thought, wow, well, that could happen for me too. Like, I will start just interviewing people. All these people will listen. And then these sponsors will say, wow, you have all these women listening. Can I sponsor you? And Harry, that is not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. It's good to tell the real story because as you, as you mentioned, you know, we keep thinking, oh, we got into podcasting a bit too late, but there's just waves. I feel like waves and you and I are part of this, this new wave. You know, I feel like there's, there's the Dave Ramsey's, mm-hmm. there's the Leo Laporte's, and then there's like the wave of the, like John Lee Dumas's and the Pat Flynn's. And then yes. there's like, you know, waves of people like us who came after. And so a lot of us are, are mutual friends that we see at the conferences now. Like you said, we're now in a point of, 
um, experience and, you know, uh, maybe authority, maybe not, but just the fact that we can say that we've been doing this for three and a half years because there's people that we know that started and faded out as well, too. They did. So there's a yeah. hand, you know, there's a handful of us that we see on a regular basis now, and they're becoming our like our podcasting family. So I think what's mm-hmm. important is with each new wave, we forget what it was like when we started. And so what you were going through, maybe if you could talk a little bit about what your mindset was as you were thinking about like who am I going to get on the show? Like who should I reach out to? Is anybody listening? Like maybe like those first 10, 15, 20 episodes, because we, you know, I do have new new podcasters listening as well. So and I think it's always nice to just keep putting ourselves or are in their shoes because you know you never know when we can provide like a, a nugget of information that might be helpful. Well, if I could go back even a little bit before that and and to even think about how you design your show and to be very strategic about it. So I'm a business person at heart. I love entrepreneurship. So if you aren't doing things for business purposes, it it may not fully resonate with you. But I, I actually think this this portion does because you want to know what do you want your podcast to do for you? Because I think we all create a show for some reason. And if we are conscious of what that is, then we can think through a little farther than I did, right? <laughs> from the get, from the get go. So if you think through what you want your podcast to do for you, and if you do want it to be a business or to support a business you already have, then I really believe you need to be strategic about it and create content that will draw your ideal client or customer to you. And what I what I see many of us do, including myself initially, is that we create something that's very broad or kind of roundabout. So myself creating an interview only format show where uh, I'm, I'm interviewing all these women, I'm actually really showcasing their businesses in the hopes that someone might discover my talent in there in the in-betweens of the conversation and understand what I have to offer and want to work with me. But that's a, a very circular route. To, to working with me. Whereas if I had started off combining, you know, the interview format with solo episodes and sharing my, my knowledge, my thought leadership that showcases my expertise and, and shares with people what I know, how, and, and gives them an idea of more how they could work with me. So I think that even before you go through the path of like, who should you interview or not interview is really thinking through what do I want the show to do for me? And how can I be strategic in it? Because podcasting is a lot of work. And that's why some of our, our peers have have stopped. They've pod faded, right? They're not here anymore. And because it's time consuming, it be- can become expensive. There's costs involved. And uh, and so the, I really want people, if they love doing this, for them to be able to keep doing it. And most people that, that I come in contact with need it to support their work. So Similar to if you're trying to get new clients for your business, if you're just starting out, um, my advice is the same for if you're podcasting and looking for guests is to use your personal network because the people that are most likely to say yes are people who know, like, and trust you already. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also look to other podcasters that you know that you know maybe you're in relationship already because they're probably more likely to say yes and support you that we remember what it was like. So, Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about um, having this idea before you get started? Because I think a lot of podcasters, and I don't know if they're being honest with themselves, they say, oh, I'm just doing this as a hobby. But I think, you know, they would like to monetize it and they would like to make it a business. And so if, if I think to your point, if they're not giving it that thought ahead of time, they won't be... Uh, 
they won't be thinking strategically about you know who are the best types of guests. I, we, what are the topics we should be talking about? Do I want to? How do I avoid being like a, a cookie cutter Me Too you know podcast where it just sounds like every other podcast out there? And we all, all got to inject our personality. And I think in the beginning, and we saw it with John, like everyone's trying to do a, a version of Dash on Fire or <laughs> mm-hmm, and, da- and Dash per- <laughs> Dashpreneur and the names. I was just like, oh man, like I know. St- I'm like, if I see another something something on Fire show, I'm gonna go crazy, you know. And uh, it was. It, it was a little crazy for a while, really. Like so many people in that community kept naming their show something, something on fire. And it finally, finally stopped. The fire burnt out, I guess. <laughs> it seems so. like it's died down. But if you could put on your, your business coaching hat for, for mm-hmm. a couple of minutes, if someone was to come to you with that idea, like what do you, how would you talk to them in a way that would give them some guidance about what would be a better way to approach or look at a, a podcast that they're looking to start so that they have their own unique voice? So I think it's, again, going back to what I do is I, I, I talk to you about like, what do you want your podcast to do do for you? And there's lots of things a podcast can do for you. It can, uh, it can help you become a leader in your field, right? It can help you connect with people. So uh, interview shows help you with networking because you get like you and I, Harry, we're on video, we're yeah. eyeball to eyeball, we're making a connection right now. We're already friends, but this relationship is going to be deepened as a result of this interview, right? Yeah. So interview shows help you grow your network solo shows help you grow your expertise mm. and draw people to you personally and give you a, a, a space for thought le- to promote your own thought leadership so there are some people that i see using their podcasts really to grow their network and to get to talk to people they would never really never normally get to talk to so uh, like I thought about in in my local community, if I wanted to say start working with startups, I have a business background. I could do startup consulting. Well, I actually don't have a good a lot of a big network here locally. Surprisingly, I, my my local network is fairly small. So what I would do if I wanted to create that business is I would create a podcast where I was interviewing people I wanted to work for, and I probably could get calls with the CEOs and I could interview them on yeah. my podcast featuring startups in Orange County, and. I would build a connection and I would start to build a neck, a network and it's a long term game, right? It's not going to, I'm not going to get a job immediately, but there's time for pre and post chat. Like you and I had a little chat before we hit record. We might chat a little after and I might be invited to an event and we would further that, or I might invite, I might create an event and invite people to it. So you can be strategic about how you grow, how, what you're doing with your podcast. So it could be used for networking and talking to people that you would normally not, that normally wouldn't take a call with you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's one way. Uh, you know, another way, as I said, is to show your thought leadership in an area. So say I was in a field where I was wanting to write a book or I was wanting to be known for, for what my point of view, then I might just do only a solo show where I am sharing that. And you actually could create a podcast and turn it into a book. It's a way to create a book. So that's, that's another, another way you could use a podcast. And the way I am, what podcasting is for me is it's how I, how I meet my clients. Mm-hmm. Pretty much 99% of the people that work with me listen to my podcast first. Wow. And in fact, I actually prefer not to work with people unless they've listened to my podcast. That's great. <laughs> because there's literally no selling involved. All they already know they want to work with me. They literally are, are saying, I already know I like you. Like, what What do I do? How do I sign up? So it's just been a wonderful way to, sh- I showcase what I do on air. 
um, my community has, I have a Facebook group attached to uh, my podcast, a private Facebook group. And for a while it became a thing to like, say, I just got off a coaching call with Natalie. It was so amazing. Book yours now. And it became a thing in there. I was like, okay, well, I, did, I could not have created this if I wanted to. Yeah. And, and, and then they would talk to each other and someone would say, well, I was wanting to book one, but I'm a little nervous and, and it's pricey. And, and they were just telling each other, they were then selling my work for me, which was amazing. So when people say, you know, oh, how can I help you? How can I refer business to you? I usually say, well, if you, if you would please just tell people about my show, because They'll either love me or they won't. And yeah. if they love me, they tend to keep listening. And what's amazing about podcasting, especially when this is the benefit you and I have now that we've been here for so long, I have 282 episodes at, mm. as of this call being recorded. So people find me and some people go back and binge listen. Yeah. Some people go and start from the beginning, That's which crazy, is crazy. Right? <laughs> I'm like, um, maybe start at episode 100. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know, but they're like, oh, I like hearing how you get better as you go along. Yeah. It's kind of fun to start back at the beginning. I personally can't go back that far, but uh, yeah. Every, so I everyone, think there's so many. No, I mean everyone. I was gonna say everyone, like, comes at podcast differently. And every once in a while, I do come across like a super fan, and they're just like, I found your show. I just went back to listen to the old ones, and I was like, wow, like kudos to you because you know I've done it occasionally if it's maybe fifteen or twenty episodes, and I really really like the content. I'm I'm big on this. A podcast called More Cheese, Less Whiskers. It's uh, Dean Jackson. He's an old school marketer. <laughs> Not that old school, but he's really, really knows his stuff really well. And he studied with like Dan Kennedy and all these like old school oh, marketers. Oh, wow. Okay. And I will so be listening to that. It is, I'm interested um, in that. Well, it's interesting, Natalie, because he does he this approach where I, I feel like most of the people that are on there are clients or want you know, want to be clients. And he essentially has a consulting session with them. And what's fascinating is that he's got something called the eight profit activators. So every episode, he's like, well, this is like profit activator three, and this is why it makes sense. And then he, he just kind of like teases out. So you're then you're naturally curious. You're like, well, what are the full profit activators? And how do I learn more about the other ones? And I'm just getting like, I'm, that's my new like favorite business podcast, because it's just fascinating the way he does it. And as an approach... Uh, for me, because I have my business full cast and I've, I've separated the both, both for a while. So podcast junkies is like my fun passion project where I get to talk like to amazing podcasters, but I've learned so much and I'm building my business off of it as well. But what I have yet to do is actually build a start a podcast for my business. So it's, it's the case of the, mm. you know, the case of the cobbler's son having really bad shoes or the cobbler's yes. family. <laughs> so I'm just like, I got to like eat my own dog food here. And I was like, but I'm, I, what happens is that I'm a bit OCD perfectionist. And I want to have like the best podcast possible because I see all my friends with these business podcasts and I'm like, I want a bit of that. I want a bit of that. I want a bit of that. So I know it's one of those things and you could probably coach me on this a bit, but it, I'm probably overthinking this a bit too much. Well, I'm happy to coach you, but I try not to take over other people's shows, even though I want to all the time. <laughs> I try to remember when I'm being interviewed and when I'm not. Yeah. That, hap that, so. hap that happens a lot with uh, with us as podcasters because we're on other shows and we're just naturally like inclined to like ask the follow up question. I know, I know. Well, I'm happy to help you with that because yeah. I I'm really passionate about people using their podcast for their business because yeah. it's it's completely possible and it works across industries and some of the tactics that I've created and and tried work and um, especially if it's really what you're saying about um, what's that podcaster's name the more cheese less whiskers Dean, podcaster what's Dean, his name Dean Jackson Dean Dean Jackson he's showcasing what he does yeah. really he's bringing clients on air if you whatever your if you have a service based business if you can showcase what you do to on air 
yeah. in some way. It's incredible. It, it literally converts so quickly. It does. I've like, had a- I will have people say, like, I found you and I listened to one of your on-air coaching calls. And then I went back and binge listened to all of them. And I had to work with you because you. I wanted to see if you'd answer my question. And you kind of did, but I want customized advice for me. And so I'm I'm in. Yeah. That's an interesting approach because I've created a Facebook group just because I'm, I'm really big on the community aspect as well. Mm-hmm. So the Facebook, I have a Facebook group just for business owners called Podcasting for Thought Leaders. And it's only for businesses who are looking to leverage a podcast to build their business. And I'm, and I provide thought leadership there. And it's, you know, I have rules about what you can and can't post there, but it's my stage. You know, it's my online stage as, yes. I, as I like to call it, as I've heard it referred to. And then you can control the messaging there. And then if you're answering questions, you know, naturally people will see you as the expert in that space. You know, like what I thought I, what I thought of just now as you were talking is begin to ask people if they want to, you know, do a hot seat and then make that hot seat the episodes. That would be fantastic. Exactly. I've had a lot of fun, uh, with, I love to try different things. I, 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 I liked, I'm a podcast junkie. I like to listen to lots of different shows and, and try out different formats and, uh, I just recorded a podcast step podcast movement. It actually just aired today and it it was a live podcast with, you know, three other podcasters. I actually hosted a panel there and we, we recreated our panel in the podcasting booth they had available. And so that was like fun and scary and hard, but I like, I like pushing myself. And one thing that I've done in my community, I, I remember I was wanting to do an online tools episode. My community loves listening to online tools episodes yeah. and they're really popular. I think it shared a lot and I've kind of exhausted, like I'm not discovering like 10 new tools all the time. So I I've already done those episodes. So I created a post in my Facebook group and, and I just shared, you know, what, what tool, like what new tool is working for you right now? And co- probably got like 15, 20 responses. And I picked out the ones that I wanted to feature and asked them all to call in and share about their tool. And I told them how to do it with their, with their, um, you know, with their phone using voice memo, I had instructions. And of course, I knew which ones were podcasters and had good mics. And so they got, they got, you know, shoulder tapped a little first. And, uh, and, you know, then I, I love putting together these compilation episodes with all these different voices. And it's, t- it's connecting my community to my podcast. And they're so excited to be featured on air. And they have friends in the group that are excited that they're on the podcast. And so I think it's really fun when you can pull in your community and then that's kind of happened with my on-air coaching calls. Those people featured kind of become, you know, leaders and stars in my community and known and uh, and recognized. And so it's it's really beautiful when you can find uh, organic and an organic way to to link the podcast and the Facebook group together. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, you can think about when was the first time that you realized that like your old life, like your um, your non-podcasting life like sort of cross paths with your podcasting life. And, and because a lot of times, like for me, I was out with friends last night and, you know, these are high school friends and I'm, I'm trying to explain what I do. And like, I have a business about podcasting and they're like, well, how do you make money? And, and it's funny because like the sort of like this world that we grew up in, I was in corporate America for 20 years and I used to think about entrepreneurs as like, you know, like, you know, these people that have like a, like not necessarily, you know, they all have that lemonade sand story, but, <laughs> but I'm like, are people making business out of this? But I didn't really spend too much time until I decided that that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, all paths led to that. And now that I'm in this world, I mean, 
I like to joke around that when I got in there, I, I essentially spent the equivalent of an MBA in online marketing to just learn it all. Like, yeah, what, what, it is. like Facebook ads, like landing pages, like podcasting, like, you know, blog posts, like getting traffic to your site, SEO. And it's just like, whoa. And, and so like, now that I feel like I have a good handle on it, um, just back to my question, I was wondering, like, do you have those moments when like those worlds cross or, you know, and, and, and you find yourself like having to explain like, uh, to someone who grew up with you, like what it is you do now? I think it's so hard to explain. So I usually ask if they know what a podcast is and if they don't, then it's kind of weird yeah. to try to be like, well, I have a podcast, I have this radio show, uh, you know, this like online radio show, basically on demand show that you could listen to anytime. So it really depends on the answer to that question where we go from there. Uh, but I kind of have, if I could change your question yeah. to suit me better, sure. Uh, I feel like it's really being at podcast movement was the first time I felt my community in person to the extent that it is because it's, it's really grown and especially in the last year, my audience has significantly grown. And so I was at Podcast Movement last year, and I had a few people in my community. But this year, there were so many people that wanted to talk to me and found me. My husband was in the elevator, and 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 he had, you know, his we have the same last name, and he had my podcast on his name tag, too. And, uh, and so they're like, is Natalie here? There was a couple <laughs> ladies in the elevator and they're like, is Natalie here? And he's like, um, yeah, she's up in the room. They're like, oh, we're really hoping to be able to talk to her. <laughs> and he's like, well, she, she loves to talk to people. Like you'll be able to talk to her. She'll be here the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, well we're going to her session. And so we'll make sure we see her there. And he's like, okay, but if you see her, you could just talk to her too. Yeah. So it was like the first time that I felt that, wow, like for, to be honest, Harry, if I, had to podcast every week and look at all the people listening. Like if we were in stadiums where you could see the people, I don't know if I could do this. Like I probably would throw up. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a little strange to even think about, like I, I've, I've been in some stadiums with the size of my audience and, and I'm just like, wow, like this many people every week are listening to my show. And it's kind of amazing. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I don't think I could imagine like every week, like standing on stage and doing what I do. That would be really crazy for me. Um, be very, <laughs> would be very intimidating. So to have the experience of, wow, like there's a lot of people that are, are following me that are admiring me and, and just really owning that leadership spot right now that, you know, you and I were kind of alluding to that. Wow. We, we have this leadership space with not everybody, right? Not, I'm not saying everybody at podcast moves yeah. like, Oh, there's Natalie yeah. Ekdahl. That's not what it was like, but there were definitely many people in my audience there. And, uh, and it was, it was pretty exciting to get to see and touch them. And I organized a spontaneous breakfast and got to have breakfast with like nine of them. Nice. So it was really, um, it was really amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I think we, I, you know, we don't have to be, um, super celebrities known all over because obviously in our space, you know, there's like the micro celebrity and the micro micro celebrity. And, you know, you tell people like, Oh, do you know who Pat Flynn is? And they're like, I have no idea who you're talking about. You know, so in our exactly. world, it's like, <laughs> no, I know it's so funny. We are in a very, it's, it's a very small town. Yeah, it is. This whole online marketing online world is actually a very small town. And if you go to the next town over or the next industry over, so to speak, yeah. you know, no one knows who these people are. So I know I, I like to tell um, like my family, I'm, I say I'm very famous to a few people. <laughs> There's sure. a small group of people yeah. that I am very famous to. 
But it's so intimate. Like we, if we listen to people, we're in people's ears. Yeah. It is such an intimate medium, and we build relationships with them. And they remember when we, where they were when we said something. Like people will tell me, I was listening to this episode on a walk at this mm, place. That's nice. And or, I mean, I remember when, um, I remember when a podcast. There was a podcast I was listening to, and I remember when it, it was. They ended. They ended their first season, and I literally shouted out, "No." Like and that concludes uh, the end of our season. I, I, you need to help me right now because yeah. it's it's Corey Coates and Jessica Rose. Oh podcast, yeah, yeah, the podcast, podcast. Produce, the podcast producers. Thank you, podcast yeah, yeah. producers. I'm like it's not podcast junkies. So I was listening to podcast producers first yeah. season. I loved it. And at the and and Corey says I was and I remember I was pushing a stroller with my son in it, who's now five, pushing a stroller to the park, and had my earbuds in. And Corey said, and that concludes. This is the last episode of the season. And I verbally said, no. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, that's what every podcaster wants to hear. That they, and that I told they, him this. And yeah. I think he thought I was a little weird because I just met him when I told him this. Yeah. But um, now we're friends. And uh, but it's really funny how but that's I, I remember that moment. And that's probably like two or three years ago, yeah. by three years ago. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it just speaks to this idea of establishing an intimate connection and like really resonate. Like when when you hear something that really hits home or that you really resonate with, like, you know, to your point, you, you remember where you were because it's something that's that you can't find anywhere else. Like, I don't know. I think it's something about podcasting. Like, you know, you watch TV shows and you read books, but there's something about establishing what feels like a one-to-one connection because like, you know, it's going from microphone to earbud and it's literally like for that period of time, like they're speaking and you're listening. So there is like this one-to-one thing that's happening. And I think that's why when people get the chance to meet you in person, they just feel like, Oh, I just know so much about Natalie and I just like love to meet her. And and, you know, that's the experience that they have. And I think we can't take that for granted. And I, I'm constantly reminded. I remember always Dave Jackson used to say that he would have like his avatar, like on the wall, like always remembering, like Mm -hmm. we're, we're talking now, but our listener is, you know, my listeners listening to this show and like, I'm not forgetting you listener. I'm knowing that I know that you are listening to Natalie and I have a conversation, but I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not like, excluding you like i'm we're not having like you know and i I know it's always with jargon too like if if people use acronyms or or phrases that i have a question about i'm like oh explain that because i don't think the listener would know so i think it's just a matter of continuing to remember that it's you know if it's two people then there's a third person in the room and just never forgetting and losing sight of that because you know what are we without our listeners so true and this was really interesting the way things are evolving with the new technology coming out and how um, you know, there's now some devices which are going to stream podcasts, make it really simple to stream podcasts. This was, this is actually could change how some of us podcasts too. There's there what they, and this was one of the, th- like my takeaways from podcast movement is that podcast listening may go back to how radio shows used to be when we didn't have TV, when it was just like, you know, our grandparents listening yeah. to radios, like the whole family would get around and the, you know, and sit around and listen. And, you know, there's so many Bluetooth speakers that, actually many of us are not in someone's ears now we might be in the whole kitchen and i know for my my listeners a lot of busy moms are listening to my show and and they'll tell me like my kids have to listen to you in carpool mm-hmm. and they know your voice and they know your kids voices cuz my kids i have my kids on my show um at the end saying um you know, have a good day and go take some action. Sometimes I have them help me sell. You should mastermind with my mama. Uh, so, awesome. I mean, 
Use what you got. I have cute kid voices, so they get on air. But yeah. my, my audience knows their names. My audience is attached to them, and they say their kids wait to hear my kids' voices. Wow. And they love that. And that's and, and I also think in terms of whether or not you have a clean show, so I have a clean show, and that's intentional because I want people to be able to listen with their kids. I know that sometimes I have to listen with my kids, and it's a, it's a strategic choice, and, and I'm not judging anyone's show. I'm just saying that if we're moving towards where a whole family may be listening or if we want people to be able to listen in their car, like there's some podcasts I would like to listen to in my car, but I can't because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want my kids learning some of those words yeah, <laughs> So, yeah. or my teenager deciding like, well, they're saying, and I'm going to say it. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, I think it's interesting how things are evolving too. I think it's fascinating with the, it will be really interesting in the next few years to see if things change, if people start listening more in groups or if they continue, if it continues to be like a solo experience or a combination. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your children and the fact that they're actually part, you know, taking part in the podcast? And I'm wondering if you've already had thoughts about or if they've even mentioned like the idea of starting their own show at some point. It's, it will be interesting. They're definitely obsessed with the microphone. And uh, so my son, Tahoe, who's five, he he promotes my sponsor, Aweber, on the show. And if you listen to the very beginning of any of my episodes, he'll say, this episode got brought to you by Aweber. And they don't exactly know what Aweber is. Yeah. But they sometimes they just say that. They'll be like, this is from Aweber. <laughs> So, uh, like they, they just awesome. love doing, it. and then, you know, I listen back to my shows to make sure everything's working right in iTunes. And, uh, so they'll hear, they love hearing themselves back. So they keep repeating it. I think my daughter, I could definitely see her she's 15. So I have a daughter that's 15, a son that's five and a son that's three. So my 15 year old, she gets to hear more about podcasting than she would ever want to know about. But she became a podcast fan because of because of me. So she doesn't listen to my show. I think she has one or two episodes she's listened to. So she doesn't listen to my show. Or if she does, she doesn't tell me. She may secretly listen. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Uh, but she she loved uh, listening. She loved listening to shows about TV shows she likes. So Once Upon a Time oh, yeah. uh, was one of her favorite shows. And she listened to Daniel J. Lewis's podcast about okay. it once. I, I forget what his podcast is called. Sorry, Daniel, if you're hearing this, but I can't remember what his podcast is about that show. And they asked for audience feedback once. And and so she sent in audience feedback. Nice. And and he knew we we were friends and and in fact he became good he and my husband became friends and uh so he knew that she listened and was a fan i think i talked to him about her um at social media marketing world in 2016 and again at podcast movement in 2016 so he knew who she was and she called in and left her feedback and was hoping you know they would talk about her on air and one day in you know i was like setting the table for dinner and she screamed i thought that she I thought that someone was attacking her. She screamed so loud. And I ran to her and I said, what? Are you okay? What happened? She's like, Daniel said my name on air. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was so excited. Of course. Uh, so I, I don't know what she will do. She definitely is as a possibility. And now she's, you know, she's a very ambitious person and she's looking into colleges. And so she's actually listening to podcasts about how to get into your best college, oh, how yeah. to, she's listening to Lauren Gaglioli's podcast on college test prep. Wow. And, um, 
So she really, it, she knows that podcasts are a way for her to gain um, information and get content. And she, she basically does them all on her own now. She discovers what she needs to discover. I, I'm friends with Lauren, so I recommended that one to her. And uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. But her peer, she's like, Mom, no one listens to podcasts. <laughs> well, I've, I've been hearing that it is um, maybe for some the slightly older generation than her. But I know I hear that millennials are into podcasts a lot, either what used to be, I think, they used to be big on YouTube and now they think they want, they all want to start podcasts. So I think it's just a matter of time before she finds a topic that she resonates with or she's passionate about. And she, you know, with help, with a little help from mom, she realizes how quickly she can get one up and running. And, and again, the first one you start is not going to be the one you, you end up with, but I think it's a matter of trying, um, and seeing if she gets a, an audience and, and she, if she finds her voice. It'll be interesting to see what her generation does if they do become interested in podcasts because they are growing up in such a video centric and image centric time. Yeah. And I think there's a big difference in, you know, she's Gen Z and I, I think that generation's gonna get split on who had Instagram and Snapchat in high school and who didn't because the kids in college now didn't have those while they were in high school. And it's kind of a game changer mm -hmm. for the whole experience. So glad it wasn't around when we were in high school. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really hard. I can't even but, imagine. Uh, yeah. It'll be really interesting to see. And it maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, as you have a need to have content be more portable and that you can just listen. Yeah. I think that could be interesting like what stage do you can you not just you don't have the free time to just sit and watch something that you need something you can listen to there's a lot of like youtube videos i just listen to because yeah. i want the content but i i would never get it otherwise there's and i think what's have you seen this there's some tv shows that are turning their show into a podcast which i think is smart hmm. have you seen that no not yet or heard that there yet. was one right. show um it was like a national geographic show about it was, it was people that got, I, I wish I could remember, it's like locked up. It's, it's people that got put in jail. Oh, yeah. When they were in a different, yeah. Locked up abroad. Yeah. So I personally never would have watched that show because I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah, but they made it into a podcast and that I could listen to. And then I had a conversation with my daughter about never to do these things when you're traveling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if you ever get offered to carry something yeah. or get paid to carry drugs, just say no. These are pretty bad scary. stories. Well, yeah. You... And so then I, yeah. So I think it's really interesting how other people are seeing the benefit of the medium too. I think it's fascinating. Well, I'm a huge fan of repurposing content. I talk about that with clients all the time. And this idea of um, it. A TV show, to the extent that they're not, they're not saying something or point, pointing to something, a lot of times it's just they're narrating what's happening on the screen. So 80 to 90% of that, you could convert it and you could have someone, you know, listen to it and be like, yeah, I mean, just change these one, two things and it's good to go. And again, there, companies are always and brands are always looking for ways to repurpose content. It's not a lot to move it to an audio format. And then you mm -hmm. just gain a whole new audience of people that yes. otherwise would never have found it. I never would have found that yeah. show otherwise. So it was, it's, I think we're going to see more of that. I think it's going to be fun to see how the industry evolves. And, uh, one conversation at podcast movement just kind of ties into this as well is, is that as the industry grows, it's good for us. Mm -hmm. So as people, you know, these, these larger brands and, and people with more well-produced shows, they attract listeners in, but then they do what I did when I found podcasting, they realize there's this whole world I could explore and they start searching for things and they yeah. start sharing them with their friends and showing other people how to find a podcast. And so I'm excited about seeing how the industry is growing because I think it benefits all of us when the more it grows. Yeah.
So keeping on the theme of family, can you talk a little bit about the importance of having your family support you and what you do with your podcast? Mm, yes. So I I do need to give a shout out to my husband, Mark Ekdahl, because I don't think I would have launched without him. So I started off thinking it was something I could do all on my own. And I created this very aggressive, as you heard at the beginning, interview schedule. And we made a plan to launch with like 17 episodes. So we released three the first day and then did like two weeks of an episode every day. Wow. It was really crazy. So in order to make that happen, I needed help with the tech part of it. So I, I remember telling him, you know, I'm going to push back my launch date of January 31st and 2014. This is in 2014. I said, yeah, I'm going to push it back because I can't. I need to figure out how to edit all the, and I don't know how to do this. And, and he's the one that got me set up with my mic and my mixer and all that. I would have chosen a less technical setup. I would have had a <laughs> USB mic and I probably would still be using USB mic. Uh, but he set me up with a, a Heil PR 40 and now I have a PR 30 and he loves buying tech stuff. So, um, I try not to tell him I want, I'm interested in any kind of tech equipment or microphone because he will get it. Yeah. So, um, but he said, you know what, let me take care of all the technical stuff for you and you just do the interviews and I will do the rest. And so he did, he like literally we were, we were machines in, in <laughs> winter of 2014. There was no TV. There was nothing. There was no entertainment. The entertainment was I record podcasts and he edits them. And we actually had a great system going. We had a VA in the Philippines helping us um, with booking people. And I mean, it was it was a lot to get that many people booked and um, and interviewed and and get the show notes out and all that. So um, so his support is is really amazing. I think my daughter, for her to be able to see that. I'm doing something that is kind of is a public thing yeah. and her friends can see it too. So I think also that there's a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm generation X, not all gen X moms are on Instagram, especially if you're older gen X. Uh, so they see I'm on Instagram. They see, I understand social media. So I think I get a little street cred with them. I'm, I'm, I may be making this up in my head. <laughs> they may be thinking I'm really strange, but like they follow my Instagram, they follow me on Instagram cool. and they like and comment on things. And, and I have a, I only have one Instagram account that's, that's for business and personal in the podcast. It's all one account. So they see what I'm doing. Like they see that I'm speaking somewhere or they see that I'm releasing a podcast or that I'm hosting a live event or that I'm coaching people. So they're seeing, they can really see what my business is and because they're younger, they understand it. So I get a little, I, I feel like that makes me stand out or appreciated in some way that maybe I wouldn't if I had a different kind of job or didn't understand social media. So, um, and with my little ones, I don't know yet. They're, they, they, they kind of get what I do, but I don't think they really understand at this point. So it'll be interesting to see what they think about it later. Well, the other thing that I've, I've had a couple of uh, conversations with folks about is this idea of leaving a legacy and the fact that, you know, if, if you've got it archived, your episodes will be around potentially forever. And yeah. in the past, you know, we'd have to have, you know, we'd be listening to old recordings of our grandparents or, you know, depending on when you grew up for me, it's like the VHS tape and, you know, pulling it out oh, and yeah. finding it. Beta. And, so, <laughs> the beta. and so like these memories, like, there's a whole now generation of parents that are capturing, you know, some of it they're capturing for, on their own uh, for their business or for their own show, but some are actively like recording memories because they're conscious of the fact that they won't be around forever and, you know, they want something that their, their kids can share with them. 
I've thought about that. So I do tell stories about my family, not all the time, but occasionally. So it's fun to have those captured. It's, it's, I'm really thrilled to have my, my son's voices captured because they're already changing. You know, they're already starting to say the words properly and it's just not quite as cute. So it's really fun to have, uh, have those, those memories captured. But I think also like we can think about, we have this equipment, we have this ability. Many of us have mobile setups. Yeah. We could be recording. Like I've thought it, my grandma's 91. I've thought about, uh, you know, recording some, some podcasts with her. I did do an episode with my mom, uh, in, I think it was spring of 2015 and my mom's a really organized person. And so I had her come on air and did an interview with her on how she like kept an organized home throughout the years and how it changed as her life stage change, life stage changed. And it was really fun. And my, so my audience knows who my mom is and they think she's awesome, but it's so funny for me to hear her voice because she was so nervous. You know, I know my mom's normal voice, but it's fun to integrate them. And and I've talked about my grandma on air and I've had people, you know, email me and like, oh, it's really nice to hear about your grandma, Mary. And I hope she's doing okay. And, uh, you know, I have a grandma that is like her and blah, blah, blah. So I think when you talk, I do enjoy talking about my family and having that connection with the audience. I think it makes everybody, it makes us more relatable and it it creates a connection as well. Yeah. I think it's really important because your your listener wants to relate to you and they want to understand that like you're human too and it's like oh it seems like natalie's life is so perfect and everything she's she's you know always firing on all cylinders and everything's always working out but so i think it's important to inject some reality about like oh man I had a rough day today or i'm stressing out about you know like work stuff or you know i'm, I'm late with my episodes and you know just i think it's important to just show people that we're literally like human beings like everyone else and we just happen to have a podcast but we go through some of the same struggles that i'm sure our listeners do yeah i think people really enjoy hearing people hearing the kind of honestly just the everyday life stuff i know when i have favorite podcasters and they share anything personal i'm so excited yeah and it took me a little while to think that anybody cared about that and and again kind of going back to the family support my husband encouraged me you know and he said you need to tell, talk about yourself a little bit, talk about the family a little bit more. And it took me a little while to be able to do that, but the audience loves it. And, you know, I, I'm hosting a live event and one of my listeners and clients, she's actually been listening. She, she's a admitted super fan. Uh, she, she was um, on a call with me a few weeks ago and she said, are your boys going to be at the live event? And I said, um, yeah, I think, I think they, I'm planning to like bring them and have yeah. everybody say hi to, you know, have them say hi. And she said, well, are we going to be able to get a picture with them? Oh, wow. That's nice. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe, but you know, they don't really like stand for, they don't like hang out for people to take pictures. I can barely get pictures yeah. that I want of them. They're three and five. And she's like, well, maybe you could do like a little photo opportunity and people could just like one by one come in line and get in a picture with them like pictures with santa claus or something yeah like with i said well we'll be lucky if anyone can get a picture with them but they definitely are not going to stand and let people come in line and take pictures with them they don't do that uh but you'll be able to at least take a picture of them while they're on stage saying hi so but it's really sweet that like she feels so connected her kids know my kids names and they know who i am they know my voice they know their voice it's just really a fun a fun thing that's happened. It wasn't really intentional. I didn't think that would happen, but it's, it's a fun thing that's come out of including them in the podcast. Yeah. A couple of other questions as we, uh, as we get close to wrapping up, what's something you've changed your mind about recently? Hmm. What's something I've changed my mind about recently? I, I would say it's in the last year I've had a discovery 
about um, some of the advice that's given online. I feel like there's a lot of advice to do everything as passive income. And I've seen a lot of value and a lot of very big businesses be built by working directly with people. And also when you're first starting off, I think a lot of people try to start off and create some type of passive product, but they don't really have an audience and they don't have experience enough in the field to know what people actually need. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I've really seen, I've seen an amazing shift for people that start by working one-on-one with people and then either grow a group program or create a passive product that's, that's validated from that individual work. So I, I guess I kind of, I, I've, I've learned to listen very carefully to how people share things on podcasts and on air. And I actually, when I admire someone, I love listening to them on multiple podcasts, be interviewed by lots of different people yeah. because we all reveal something a little different yeah. on every show. Right. And, uh, cause you've asked me questions that no one's ever asked me before, which is kind of what you do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you were to hear me interviewed on someone else's show, I, I probably would say some of the same things, but a few different things. Yeah. And, I think I've also kind of, I feel like in the last year, year and a half, the curtain, like the online marketing world was like the Wizard of Oz to me. And the curtain has been pulled back. Okay. So I think that there's a lot of people that are not sharing exactly the reality of their business and what yeah. the profit is. Yeah. They, I see a lot of top line revenues being shared, but not the profit at the end of the day. And as I have learned more and become more intuitive and kind of really thought through what people are sharing and doing, I think that there's a lot of people that are being very real and honest about what they're doing. And I admire those gurus and I'm doing quotes. I admire those gurus, but there are other people out there that are not sharing the full picture. And I I have the opportunity to work with a lot of women entrepreneurs. And in the last year I've worked one-on-one in a, like a single strategy session with like 150 different people. Wow. Yeah. So it's been really like, I have a lot of data points <laughs> that I've collected and I see a perception that people could just like go forth and start, you know, and they could create a course or create a passive product and make a lot of money very quickly. And they don't understand that they need a very large audience to make that happen. And so that's kind of like my soapbox, so to speak, is that I think that I wish that there would be a lot more transparency on out there than there is right now, because I kind of get the backlash of that. I, I get people that take these courses and think, mm. well, if I do this, I can have a five figure, six figure, seven figure launch. Yeah. But what many people don't share is that they've built that audience that they have right now over five years or 10 years, um, or that, uh, they had another, they had a blog for a very long time or another business or some other thing that they, they had a core audience when they launched whatever they launched, um, versus people that are starting off with zero audience. They don't understand that you either need to pay and advertise to create an audience. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard one, one person, um, that I respect online. He shared on a podcast. I had heard him say he had a seven figure launch, but I thought it was amazing. But then I heard him share somewhere else that he spent $50,000 to build that email list. Oh, okay. And that's significant. Most people don't yeah, have $50,000 exactly. laying on and all they see is that seven figure number. They don't know what, and that was just to build a list. That wasn't what, you know, he paid affiliates. That wasn't what yeah. ads he ran to support it. That wasn't the copywriter he paid, the graphic designer, all that went into it. So I guess like my big learning the last year and a half is that it's okay 
to do one-on-one work. It's okay to work directly with people and it actually can be very lucrative and fulfilling. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta start, you gotta start within your means and, and do that to the point where you feel like you're doing it to the best of your ability before moving on to the next thing. Yeah. I think, and there's nothing wrong with having passive products and it's very, it works very well for some people in their businesses, but for the majority of people that are starting out and have a zero audience or a very small audience, you know, if only 1%, 3% or 5% of people of your list are going to buy from you, you need to kind of work out the numbers and see if it makes sense for you. Yeah. So Natalie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, mm. I, I'm so happy we were finally able to Over. put this together. <laughs> like I'm finally able to put this together because I think, um, and I, I think to your point, it's like, the, at the right place at the right time and this would have been a different conversation last year or two years ago it would have been but i think um you know in some ways i'm glad that you you honored like yourself and you decided like i you know i, I think you, you had in mind the type of conversation you wanted us to have and the fact that you waited means like you you know i i i i appreciate that because it, i feel like okay you wanted us to have a really good conversation and something that's meaningful for my audience so i thank you for that because you didn't you didn't treat it just like something haphazard and be like, Oh, I'll just jump on and we'll chat and, you know, and then whatever happens happens. So I want to thank you for that. And, and really, uh, I appreciate your time and appreciate your wisdom as well. Can I share one final tip? Of course. I think this was something I did last year. It was literally a year ago. So last year, my audience, um, like my monthly downloads doubled. Yeah. And one of the things that I did I'm going to try it again very soon because it's my birthday month again. So my birthday's in September and I asked uh, my audience to help me grow my show. Okay. And I told them how they could do it and I actually gave them seven different things they could do wow. or they could do all seven. Yeah. And they did it. Nice. And, and it grew my audience immensely and it's something any of us can do. And I, I've, I've shared this with a few people and they've been trying it and I know some people feel shy, like, well, I can't ask them to do that. I think if we think about our podcasts that we love, our podcasters that we love, like if they asked us to do something for their birthday or for their podcast anniversary, would you do it? Maybe you wouldn't do it any day of the week, but you might for that special request. I think it's great to find a couple benchmarks during the year, like, you know, your birthday, your podcast anniversary, or you can ask your audience to help you and show them how and show that, tell them why. So I, I told them, you know, you could subscribe in iTunes, you could find a friend and show them the podcast mm-hmm. and show them how to subscribe. You could um, leave a rating or review and here's how you do it. If you have, if you have Instagram, you could post it on Instagram and tag me and you could, uh, you could write a blog post. And if you're a podcaster, you could mention me on your podcast. Nice. So it was it was very impactful to my um, audience growth. And so I just wanted to share that since I know a lot of other podcasters are listening. And uh, I think it could really help a lot of us grow. Yeah, that's a fantastic tip. And I'll make sure when we listen through this again, I'll actually outline them out uh, in the show notes so people have that as a reference point. And I'm, I'm going to try that as well. My birthday's coming up October 10th, so I think. <laughs> Do it. Do it. It was amazing. And uh, it was really amazing. And one other thing we can do for as well is I've, I've also sponsored another podcast before. So I sponsored She Podcast yeah. to share about, I had a women in podcasting mastermind. Uh, and for, for many of us, like if someone has your ideal client, sponsor their podcast. Yeah. And, you know, we all know it doesn't, it doesn't always take a whole lot to, yeah. especially when you have a smaller audience to uh, sponsor someone's show. But if they have your ideal client, it could be really worth it for you. So those are my, those are my final tips 
for podcasters. I want us all to grow and I want us all to be profitable in what we're doing. What what great tips for a podcast about podcasters who podcast. <laughs> <laughs> super Thank meta. Thank you so much, Harry. You're a superstar and yes. this is such an honor. Thank and you. I, and I, uh, we can now high five each other in person next time we meet that we finally got this done. Yes. And I want to be in your next um, guest picture when you gather yes. people together. I want to be sure. in there and I want to wear my yellow shirt. Yes. Thanks again for your time. <laughs> thanks, Harry. So thanks again to Natalie for coming on the show. I'm really happy that over time, the people that I'm friends with, that I'm really looking forward to having conversations with are coming on the show because it just makes for a much more interesting and fun conversation. And you can tell, you can tell like the energy level is super high when we're on and I'm glad she, she made it and she's now part of the Podcast Junkies family. So we are a member of Podcastica.com. Head on over to Podcastica.com for the list of all our shows on the network, intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Check out his fantastic selections at cedarsoil.com. Don't forget to support our sponsor, Podbean, podbean.com slash podcastjunkies. And if you use that uh, code or that URL to sign up, make sure you let me know and we can get you connected for a half hour of free coaching from me on anything podcasting related. So the retention hashtag this week is biz Natalie, hashtag biz, B-I-S, B-I-S, B-I-Z, N-A-T-A-L-I-E. And her Twitter handle is biz chicks podcast. And that's uh, B-I-Z-C-H-I-X podcast. And tag her and tag us at podcast underscore junkies. If you've already downloaded our fabulous PDF on the eight tools you need to uh, skyrocket your podcast launch, then the next call to action for you is to write a review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. So head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes and write an amazing review. Um, we're using Hani Moore's Simple Podcast Press to display the reviews on the site and it's always good when we can see new ones pop up there and what it is is really a testimonial to new visitors to the site so if you guys could do that if you're long-time listeners please take a couple of minutes to put in the good word because as people see that it really validates uh, what we're doing here and it shows new listeners that the, the show is providing value so I would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. If you have not downloaded our PDF then uh, and you're a new listener then head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools. It's the number eight, T-O-O-L-S, and it's our PDF of everything we've used to launch our podcast, and there's a tool in there or two that I think will definitely help you. Tune in next week for my conversation with the lovely L Martinez of Couple Money Podcast. Again, someone else that we've uh, been running in the same circles. This is a really fun conversation. L is full of surprises. There's a couple of things that uh, I did not expect her to talk about. So it was, it's really interesting when we have an hour long conversation um, that you get to learn a, a lot about folks uh, and their their true personality comes out and she's really a dear um, and gives us a lot of insights into how she got into podcasting about uh, finances uh, and how it affects couples and uh, a bit of her backstory as well. So please uh, tune in next week. You don't want to miss that. Take care. Thanks for all you do to support the show and have a fantastic week.